Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Sports fans, this is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton, and welcome to our Bowl Game Special Show. That's right, we are Wagering Week, and this is our Bowl Game Special Show. Facebook and Twitter get you a part of the show. I know you guys have been writing a lot. Make sure you keep doing it. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. I want to see that hashtag, S-G-N. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. iHeart, iTunes, Radio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. And this is our Bowl Game Preview Show. I'm not going to slowly walk in to it. We got a lot of games to go over. The couple things I want to say. I know we have a couple of bowl games that have already gone off. Zach Wilson uh, did exactly what I told you he was going to do, uh, and I did give you BYU as my best bet. I love Zach Wilson and what he did. We know I got a couple of bowl games, but this is bowl season. Uh, people get excited for Christmas season, and oh, sure, people get excited for the holidays. It's bowl season, baby! That means it's time to make a lot of money, but it's also a lot of times where you got to pick and choose. Don't go betting on every bowl game. Uh, what I always say about the primetime games, about the holiday special games, is if it was on a normal Saturday card, would you take this game? And with the bowl games, you have to be careful about other things like the opt-outs, especially with COVID this year. Be careful. A lot of times, star players are opting out anyway. Star players that think they're going to the NFL, want to get ready for the senior bowl, things of that nature. So you got to be very careful anyway, and especially in this year with COVID. So a lot of these lines might change. A lot of these situations might move. It's something to pay attention to. But let's start it off here, guys. Where we're, where we're going, it's starting right away. We're looking into tomorrow. And this is why we release this early, okay? Is because we're looking into tomorrow and we're starting it off. 5.30 p.m., Oklahoma State, Miami. Line's about three. Miami, look, they look like Garbage against North Carolina last time we saw Manny Diaz looked like garbage last bowl game, right? So there are some things to be a little bit nervous about. Uh, D.R. King, is he the best player on the field? Most likely. And, And you look at this and you go, it has the feel of a lot of points being scored. Miami, they had won five games until just 62 points were put on them against North Carolina, who they just couldn't stop their offense. The Hurricanes allowed 554 rushing yards, 778 total yards. This defense looked terrible. Miami, by the way, we talk about bowl games and how bad Manny Diaz has been. How about Miami Hurricanes in a whole? They're 1-9 against the spread the last 10 bowl games. The Hurricanes are 2-10 against the spread the last play 12 games in December. This is not a coach. This is not a school that gets better as the year goes on. Okie State, meanwhile, look. 
Oklahoma State was supposed to have this great defense, and then they just had massive lapses. You look at certain games, you go, what happened there? Okie State, though, 14-3 and against the spread the last 17 non-conference games, so they play well outside, and they win bowl games. They won the last four. They covered in the last four bowl games. So Okie State, they're the favorite. They should be the favorite for a reason. I know a lot of people kind of get down on them for being the favorite. They should be the favorite in this spot. This is a spot where I see them most likely handling the game. My only concern here is that their defense sometimes just doesn't show up, but I see 62 in North Carolina only a couple weeks ago, and we know Miami doesn't have a defense. Texas, Colorado, this is the night game, and I'm looking at this game, and I'm saying, isn't this the same old story? Right? Isn't this the same old story where Texas goes out, they win a bowl game big time, all of a sudden next year everyone's going, oh, Texas is going to be back. Here comes the Longhorns. Now Sam Ellinger said, oh, wait a minute. I might come back. And he should, by the way, because he's not even in the top five quarterbacks going out in the draft. He's coming back. And now Tom Herman, oh, wait a minute. Could this save Tom Herman's job? This is the question. So there's a lot of outside factors. They are giving 11 to Colorado, which is a pretty big number. And you look at Texas and you go, hey, wait, wait a minute, they're in the Alabama Bowl every year, right? It seems like it will be. It's about half the time over the last nine seasons. But you look at Texas and you go, they're just the better team here. They should be favored. Colorado played only five games all season long. Colorado got beaten pretty badly by a Utah team. Uh, about that Utah wasn't very good this year. Texas, we've seen the story again. Play in the Alamo Bowl, have a coach you know that might be on the, the chopping block. Ellinger has a huge game. Everyone looks to next year. Oh, he's coming back. It's going to be our year. Well, I don't know, but I kind of like Texas in this game. Wisconsin-Wake Forest is the day game. We're going on to December 30th, and you wake up. What is this, New Year's Eve Eve, right? Is that what you call it? New Year's Eve Eve. You wake up, Wisconsin's um, touchdown favorite against Wake, and Wisconsin's just so inconsistent. I mean, they just really are. You look at Wisconsin and what they've gone through with COVID this year, it's hard to get down on them. It's hard to to say something bad. I mean, look, both of them, I, I guess. You could say both of them have been impacted pretty harshly by COVID. Uh, two of the teams that have continued to keep going despite all of it. The Demon Deacons, they haven't won since uh, late, uh, I think it was Halloween. Yeah, they haven't won since Halloween, guys, right? And the Badgers looked good for a while. Uh, they also had a three-game losing streak where they didn't score a touchdown in any of the game. I mean, it's pathetic, right? Wisconsin beat Minnesota. Uh, all it's on the back of their defense. I mean, this is what we're doing. The Badgers have totaled just 40 points over the last four games. It's all about defense here. Wake, though, you know what? They are a team that doesn't play a lot of defense. So this is an interesting situation. But the Demon Deacons, 4-1 and one against the spread, 5-1 and one against the spread in the last six games overall. It's a touchdown. It's a hard touchdown when you see this kind of defense being played. But Wisconsin's clearly the better team. I just don't know if I can lay a touchdown with a team that doesn't score. And this team flat out does not score. How about Missouri and Iowa? The conversation is is that Iowa doesn't score, yet they're giving almost two touchdowns. Well, I'm going to poke a little hole in that balloon of Iowa doesn't score. The Hawkeyes, you know, look, they they were good. They've covered in five of the last six games. Their defense, and I'm talking about Missouri, I don't care if Iowa can't score because me and my producer, Gary, uh, and, and six of you guys out there could probably score. Missouri's defense allows 49 points in the last three games on average. Oh, that is bad. Okay? That is really, really bad. Now, the spread is huge. I get that. And Iowa doesn't score is going to be the thing. Kirk Friends, oh, yeah, they're, they're different. But you have to look at this and you go, how much better could Iowa have been? Right? They lost their first two games. They lost by five 
total points to Purdue and Northwestern, which we now know Northwestern's pretty good. If they would have won those two games, five points combined, guys, where would Iowa be? I think Iowa's the clear absolutely clear better team. The, this Missouri team, you want to see a disparity in defenses over the course of this entire bowl season? Missouri's defense the last three games have allowed 49 points per game. Iowa, they've allowed on the season 16 points per game. The disparity is massive. Absolutely massive. So, I like the defense. I like Iowa's defense to step up. I think uh, anybody can score on Missouri. It's a large line, and I think the large line with Iowa being attached is giving you a little bit of value here. Tulsa, Mississippi State, New Year's Eve. Tulsa linebacker, uh, Zayvon Collins, he is he's probably a day, you know, second-round pick. But he might be one of the best linebackers in the business when all is said and done. People don't realize that, but yeah. And you look at this and you see, oh, big, bad SEC, Mississippi State coming in. But it's Mike Leach. He's underperformed this year. Now, I like Mike Leach, but it's taken him a while. He's underperformed. Mississippi State went 3-7. and seven. Okay, They shouldn't get a bowl game. Tulsa's defense is huge. They're allowing 20 points per game. And we're talking about Collins and this defense. This is a Mike Leach offense that just never got clicking but there is some danger here because yeah they are better athletes look mississippi state has better athletes okay we can't argue sec uh you know in this situation against the golden hurricanes but can mike leach put something together to crack this defense this defense is really really very good West Virginia, Tennessee. Oh, boy, you Tennessee fans. People are just absolutely not happy with Tennessee, and I can't blame you. It's a bad situation. They're probably looking for a new coach. He's on the hot seat. We don't know what's going on. West Virginia is only given four and a half. Tennessee's falling apart. But I think this is another, oh, it's an SEC favorite. A lot of Tennessee money coming in because people just kind of want to bet on them. West Virginia's 4-1 against the spread as a favorite this year. So they've done their job. And the offense for Tennessee is just going to have a problem. West Virginia, their their strength is their secondary. And Tennessee's going to have to move the ball here. I, I don't want to pile on Tennessee, guys. Okay, West Virginia should be the favorite here. Can Tennessee pull it out? Uh, coach on the hot seat is always a dangerous spot. And I think... I think disparity-wise, you know, when you're talking about talent-wise, Tennessee probably has the talent. So you look at this and you look at a fishy line. I think West Virginia wins the game. Might be a game that I, I tend to stay away from. Well, but I will say this. Look, Tennessee has given me no reason to take Tennessee in this spot. Here's a game I do like. And I told you I'm going to give you a couple of winners throughout the, throughout the show, right? Uh, here's a game that I do like. San Jose State and Ball State. I like it because I like San Jose State. Uh, I've done Vegas radio for over a decade now. So I'm very intimately involved with the Mountain West Conference, especially on the football side of things. And to watch San Jose State, just a couple years removed from a 1-11 season, now they almost had their coach poached from them. Instead, he decides to sign a long-term deal. They beat Boise State. They go to the top of the mountain. They're having an undefeated season. San Jose State is for real. Don't for one minute think that this team is not a serious contender. This team is real. And Brent Brennan, uh, you know, he's he's the guy, okay? He's right now putting his team in a position to say, we might be the Boise State of the Mountain West over the next 10 years. I mean, that's how much I believe in San Jose State. The Spartans are 6-1 and one against the spread this season, so they've played really well there. Ball State 
shouldn't be in this spot. They played spoiler in the MAC championship game. I get that. And they won their championship game. So for me to say, uh, you know, push them aside and say they shouldn't be in the spot. Well, that's how I feel. They shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be here because they've won one game. But they're here. They deserve it. But they also deserve the beatdown that I think is coming. Uh, You look at San Jose State, okay? They played three games outside of California because of the coronavirus. Still had a perfect season. They won the Mountain West title for the first time since 1991. Despite all that, still a perfect season, right? They, like I said, 1-11 a couple years ago. You have to give full credit, and they, they did. Look, they ponied up, and they paid Brennan, who they absolutely should have. This is all about defense, though. Let's talk about this defense that absolutely just stuffs people down, and that is what the key is. San Jose's defense, San Jose State's defense is phenomenal, and I know Ball State can move the ball, and they want to run the ball. I get that. This defense has not shown a crack to me at all. Army-West Virginia is a game that, you know, you look at it, it was going to be West Virginia-Tennessee, it was going to be West Virginia-Army. We don't know what's going to happen. Look, you know, some of the stuff we pre-recorded, we didn't know where it was going to be. What's going? I'm just glad that Army's getting a bowl game, okay? I like Army. you got to say, you know what, you, you kind of like them here. They're snapping a three-game bowl game winning streak. Uh, Army didn't get a bowl game, even though 9-2 and two doesn't make sense. It's playing playing a lot of unders. And, you know, if there's anything to look at, that's kind of it. Army's going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball pretty effectively. TCU Arkansas. Well, here we go. TCU is a six-point favorite. Um, the Razorbacks didn't look bad this year. Both of these teams, by the way, Seven and three against the spread. This is one of the better games on the bowl schedule. One of the, the more competitive games on the bowl schedule. TCU has been blowing teams out. They've scored, outscored their opponents in the last three games, 140 to 55. They're getting better as the year goes on. Uh, you look at Max Dugan, he looks absolutely great. Five touchdowns, rushing for four. He's got nine touchdowns during the winning streak. That looks great. Arkansas, 2-10 and 2 against the spread last 14 non-conference games. TCU should be the favorite here, but I think Arkansas is flying under the radar because Arkansas is just never the team that you look for. TCU has been playing really, really well recently, and I think the recency thing pushed this line up a little bit. I'm not inclined to take Arkansas, but I thought this should be a three-point line instead of a six-point line. Northwestern against Auburn. Isn't this all about Pat Fitzgerald? I mean, that's what this is. Pat Fitzgerald Bowl. Because that is, he's the guy, man. You know, you talk about the NFL coaches and and who's going to come back. And Bill Cowher's coming back. And Sean Payton and Dabo Sweeney and Urban Meyer. And I'm going, why doesn't somebody grab Pat Fitzgerald? Phenomenal what he did in the Big Ten Championship game. For them to even be in that ball game with the complete talent differences is just a phenomenal recognition of what he's done all year and what he's done in his entire coaching career there. That's what you need to look for. This is all about defense. And you know what? They have to take the ball away from Auburn. Auburn, they don't have a head coach for this game. So you have Pat Fitzgerald against no head coach. I mean, that's what it is. Auburn has more talent, but so did Ohio State. Gus Malzahn is gone. So who's going to really run this team? What's the situation? Does Auburn just kind of want to get out of this game? Is this a game where Auburn just says, you know what? Uh, It's over. It was a bad season. The end. You know, it might be that situation. So that's something to pay attention to, too. I love Pat Fitzgerald. I know it's going to be you know, a defensive game, so I don't like giving the hook, the three and a half. I might buy it down to three. But I love Pat Fitzgerald. I love him against an SEC team that I believe is overrated. Uh, I don't like that there's no talent there. But look, Ohio State was the same spot. 
Kentucky, NC State. SEC, Kentucky, giving only two and a half to NC State. But again, we're looking at a spot where it's not just the SEC big boy against the ACC. The Wildcats were one and four against ranked teams this season. They could not get it going offensively. And that was their problem. Kentucky has struggled over the years to get it going offensively, and this was basically the same sort of thing. They averaged 21 points per game on the season. Now, they are 7-0 against the spread the last seven non-conference games. Okay, so there's something there. But the Wolfpack, they won the last four. The Wolfpack looked like they were getting better as the year went on. And it looked like, you know what, if this was a regular year and you had enough game, maybe the Wolfpack would have turned it on a little bit later and, and things would have happened differently. It looked like the coaching started to take place and the Wolfpack started to do it. Now, we talked about struggling offense. How about their defense? Wolfpack's defense is phenomenal. And again, we have strength against strength. And then here you have strength against weakness. The Wolfpack are allowing 19 points over the last four games. Their defense looks great. And like I said, the coaching, on the defensive side started to seep in. It started to make some sense. The Wolfpack are playing a really good defensive game. NC State is playing really well defensively over the last month or so. Kentucky can't score. They're only allowing tw- they're only scoring 21 points a game. So you have a team that can't score against a big-time defense. Now, you can look at the other side and say Wolfpack are 1-7 against the spread of the last 8 against the SEC. That's not very good. And, uh, you know, the Wolfpack have a lot of consistency problems. They're 4-13 and against the spread of the last 17 games after they've won a game. So they have a lot of consistency problems. But this is a stellar defense against an offense that flat-out can't move the ball. I mean, that's just what this is. So let's not sugarcoat it or put it any other way. I'm looking at this game, and I'm going, you know, I want to be all in on NC State. They are a little inconsistent. Uh, You know that Kentucky can play this game close, but can they score? And the answer for for me is just flat-out no. I mean, to me, they just flat-out can't score. You look at the total, and the total comes in 51-and-a-half. That's a total I'd be looking at because while this line was uh, NC State minus three, it flipped to Kentucky being a slight favorite. Then it went back. Forget about the game. I think it's going to be a tight game. It's a matter of do you believe that North Carolina State's defense could keep down Kentucky's offense? And I say absolutely I do believe that. That, That's something I completely believe in. And I think that when you look at this, you got to believe in that as well. Indiana Old Miss, last game we'll talk about before we take a quick break here. Indiana, look, they haven't played since early December, so it's going to be uh, not quite a month off, but just about a month off when they get back on. They didn't get a New Year's Six Bowl. Everyone loving on Indiana what they did this year, and let's tip our hats because they really, really did well, okay? They had put together a great situation. Old Miss, hey, look, Lane Kiffin is a guy that's getting points in this game. He knows this situation. Indiana hasn't played in a while. Well, you know, Tom Allen and that dream season might be in jeopardy for Indiana. Ole Miss's last three games, they've won three. Um, and, and you look at Indiana, 6-0 and against the spread the last six games uh, after a win. Indiana's 14-3 and against the spread the last 17. People are going to load up on this Indiana team. And especially when you're talking about Ole Miss, I talked about guys opting out. Right? We know that Elijah Moore is going to the NFL. 86 receptions, almost 1,200 yards. He's not going to be in here for Ole Miss. So Ole Miss is going to be without, I want to say, their best offensive player. Okay? Clearly an NFL guy. The line opened up at 7, 7.5. 
It's fallen back down. The total has gone from 72.5 down to 67. Indiana is going for a dream season. It's the Lane Kiffin effect that just keeps me away from this. I think it's a situation where you look at this and you go, Indiana is the team that people want to root for, and you have to pay attention to that during bowl season. Who's the team that people want to root for? They're going to go, you know, they're hanging around, going to Vegas or going on their phone, going to New Jersey, wherever it is. Uh, probably not going anywhere during a, a pandemic, but picking it up and going, you know what, I'm going to watch this game today. Who do I want to root for? That is a determining factor here during bowl season, and they want to root for Indiana because Indiana's a fun story, but that doesn't mean that there's value there. Lane, If Elijah Moore was in here, I'd be all over the plus seven. I'd be all over the plus seven. Without Moore, I'm inclined to stay away. I'm rooting for Indiana, too. Okay, I want Indiana to have this kind of season, but where my money goes, that's a whole different story. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick timeout. Come on back. Lots more with the Wagering Week Bowl Special right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. All at my bookie. Winning season means watching live sports and betting. Live sports all season long. The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code WAGERWEEK and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free bet play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use the promo code WAGERWEEK and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. This is two-time Super Bowl champion Ike Taylor, and you are listening to Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 
No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? All right, guys, everyone's talking about championships. Well, we know the odds of the games, but what are the overall odds? You can still bet on who's going to win the championship outright. Well, you can still make a bet on that. Well, Alabama Crimson Tide is nearly a 2-1 to favorite leading the way. Everybody loves Alabama. They're a huge, massive favorite. We'll get into that in a minute against Notre Dame in their game. Clemson Tigers coming in at plus 260 number. People liking that. Plus 500 for Ohio State. So the discrepancy there, a little bit interesting and if you really like Notre Dame you can make some big coin at plus 1600 that is what are the odds all right guys let's get back to the bowl game special here and we're going to be talking about the games now now these are the New York six uh, New Year's six bowl game predictions and and numbers and I'm going to give you my leans and here we go Florida Oklahoma Florida's a three-point favorite you can't help but not be impressed by what you saw from Kyle Trask in Florida this year, and especially against Alabama, where they just would not die. I mean, when you look at what is going on um, with Florida, and you see that they've come back to this position, and they, they are back in the conversation of, you know, just outside. Look, they're a three-point favorite for a reason. Now, the total here is, has gone up. It opened up at 67.5. Total here is now 72 72 and a half in some spots. So it's a it's supposed to be a massive shootout. And you almost have to smile and grin if you're Florida and you're looking at a massive shootout, right? You look at this Florida team and they're going, this is what we do. We love to get into massive shootouts. This is what we want to do. This should be up and down all over the place. Oklahoma has young playmakers. They're going to be going up against Florida's defense, which can be scored on all the time. Kyle Trask, he's going to be going crazy. You know that. Oklahoma has won seven straight after they lost to Iowa State and Kansas State, so they've been playing better. They've also allowed only 14 points per game over the last four games, but do you believe in this Oklahoma defense? I, for one, don't, okay? I just don't. I don't believe that you could stop Florida, who's averaging 42 points per game on the season. I don't care what kind of defense you're putting up there. Well, maybe Northwestern, but I don't care what kind of defense you're putting up there. I think Trask and Florida are just going to flat-out win. Um, you know, a track meet, they're going to win against a bad defense. So you have to outscore them, and that's where we're looking. The Gators have allowed 89 points in losing to LSU and Alabama. So here is where it is. Look, if you're Oklahoma— the mindset is, do you go out there and try to get into a track meet and try to outscore a team that their defense is flat out bad? And you hope that that defense that has looked good with the Sooners keeps them contained? I'm not sure you can do that. Look, I think Florida is the better team here, but I certainly like Oklahoma's defense over that. Oklahoma also 7-3 and three against the spread as an underdog, 6-1 and one against the spread the last seven games. They've played really well. I look at this game, and very simply, that's what it comes down to. Kyle Trask is going to get his points. I don't care how good Oklahoma's defense is. He's going to get his points. Is he going to get his 42 points? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you could hope to keep him into the 30s. And Oklahoma, they're going to abuse this defense of Florida that is just flat out not very good. This is a game where I think it's kind of one of those first to 40 wins. It's a back-and-forth shootout. Uh, I, I have to tell you, I won't be putting any money on this game. And when it opened up, the total opened up at 68. I said, oh, man, I'll jump on that over. But it's gone up four and a half points now. It's at 72 and a half. I can't touch it. I lean Florida 
But I think the country leans Florida. I'm seeing over 60% of the money coming in of Florida. So I'll stay away from that one. Georgia-Cincinnati in a game where I'm rooting for Cincinnati. You're rooting for Cincinnati. We're all rooting for Cincinnati. Yet they're getting points. Why? Well, it's the big bad SEC. And the line opened up at 8. And Cincinnati got some money, probably some fun money. And people are going, yeah, I want to bet them. It's down to 7. And Georgia has had some hiccups this year. We get that. The Bearcats should have been in the conversation for the for the Final Four. But it does show you here how badly they would have been just destroyed by Alabama. I mean, Alabama would have been like a 30-point favorite here. Clemson would have been a 20-point favorite if Georgia opened up as an 8-point favorite. You know, they don't get the respect, and I get that, okay? Uh, but you have to start to look at this team and say, hey, you know what? There's a disparity here. The Bulldogs average 33 points per game. Cincinnati only give up 16, so something's got to give. Then you have the Georgia Bulldogs. They have quarterback uncertainty. They've had it all year long. You don't know what the situation is going to be with the Georgia quarterback spot, and and that doesn't scare a Cincinnati defense that you know feels slighted, and Cincinnati feels like we shouldn't play with these guys, and Cincinnati feels like, you know what, no matter what we did, this is our moment. If we prove that we could win, we could, we could show everybody, open up eyes, the thing is, is that Georgia is in the same spot, and they're going. You know what? We gotta, we gotta put these this team down, and we gotta end this. And you know, the idea of the better athletes is not even on the table. Georgia has clearly the better team and clearly the better athletes, and their mindset is to squash the hopes of Cincinnati. Who, yeah, sure, they have a good defense against their conference, but let's see them play a real conference. And this is for conference pride in a lot of ways. Oregon, Ohio State. Oregon, uh, who knows what's going on, right? How did they make the Pac-12 championship? How do they win the Pac-12 championship? I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. They're up and down. They're all over the place. Uh, this is all about all, I, Iowa State, and Iowa State gets an, a chance here to kind of show, you know what? We're not the little brothers of Iowa, and we're, we're not just some random team. We can make some noise, and I think that that's kind of what they need to do here. They are a four-point favorite for a reason. There is some money coming in on Oregon. Of course there is because they're in the name Oregon. They're, they're Nike. They're Oregon. Now, Oregon didn't win either of the Pac-12's divisions, yet they played for the title game. They beat USC in the title game. Somehow or another, the Ducks are here. Okay, they lost to Oregon State and Cal before that. They Oregon State and Cal won three total games. Yet Oregon's in a, a New Year's Six. You don't think the teams are upset about this? I mean, come on, Iowa State. Here we go. Iowa State. They had a five-game winning streak. They lost to Oklahoma. They had no big shame that in a Big Twelve championship game in a tight game. Twenty-one uh, points they put up to twenty-seven. That is what it is. Brock Purdy looked very good. Um, this is going to be a game where. I am waiting for the line movement. This is how you have to navigate this. Waiting big time for that line movement. I'm waiting for the the public to go back and back Oregon. And I'm hoping that's going to happen. I hope I'm not going to get burned here hoping for the reversal line movement. I'm hoping that the, the, the public, the closer to game time, starts to back Oregon. Because I think Iowa State's the better team. And I think Iowa State wins this game and wins this game pretty handedly. I don't love giving the four and a half right now because I think it's going to come back down. So I'm going to gamble a little bit by not putting money on it until game day. North Carolina, Texas A&M, here we go. You want fireworks? How about some fireworks here? I just told you North Carolina put up 62 against Miami, and Texas A&M comes in as the favorite. Now, you remember Jimbo Fisher making a big stink, saying, ah, you know what? We deserve to be in the football play. No, you didn't, Jim. Jimbo. No, no, you didn't. By the way, Jimbo, what an idiot name. No, you didn't. 
Okay, the number is 70 as the total here. Uh, line opened up at five and a half. It's up to six and a half in some spots. Look, they had a good playoff case. I get it. But they didn't deserve a spot over Notre Dame. It just wasn't in the cards, especially since Notre Dame beat Clemson despite what happened. And Notre Dame played more games, and that was the reality. Now, you want to say that they deserve to get in Ohio State? I thought Ohio State shouldn't even be in the conversation because of the games that they played. But anyway, Kellen Mond, he looks good, right? And Jimbo Fisher is kind of the quarterback whisperer. of He wants to be considered that. Well, Mond looks very good. The Tar Heels, Mac Brown's a good coach. And Sam Howell is a guy you might not know about, but woo, Sam Howell took the next step up this year. 10-4 and four, uh, Brown was against the Aggies with Texas. Not that it matters because there's new coaches and new players, but it's thrown out there, right? Now, you turn around and you look at, at this Texas A&M team. I just don't think that they have the guns to kind of keep up here. It's going to have to be one on defense and containing North Carolina. Sam Howell has just electrifying stuff. I get that. But there are points in North Carolina's game where they do get a little lackadaisical. Texas A&M is the better team. Okay, they are. I think they're one of the top six or seven best teams in the country. I'll, I'll give them that. North Carolina's not there. But North Carolina has playmakers and a coach that really can turn this up. And again, the motivation factor. You look at Jimbo Fisher, and he was extremely loud and adamant about we don't want this bowl game. We want a, a big bowl game. And it's got to bleed into the team. Got to bleed into the team that, you know what, we, we're not supposed to be here. We wanted bigger and better things. There's got to be a natural letdown. We went through COVID. There's a senior seat. I mean, there's got to be that natural letdown. So I think Jimbo Fisher opening up his big fat mouth actually leaves the door open for a little bit in North Carolina. Now, I do think that North Carolina can score on anybody, but the total at 70 worries me a bit. If I have a lean in this game, I'm leaning the over because if North Carolina gets beaten, it's going to be because they don't have a defense. And if they win, it's going to be because Sam Howell. So I'm leaning the over. I'm hoping it comes down a little bit. I see it at 70. I think I could probably get this at 68, maybe 68 and a half. I'll wait for that point or two if I decide to make a play on that game. Not one of the bigger games. Talking about big games, let's go to the Rose Bowl and Alabama against Notre Dame. Well, Alabama is a 20-point favorite, one of the biggest spreads in Rose Bowl history. It has now come down. though. You can still get it at 20. If you're looking for the plus 20, you can still get it at William Hill right now and, and the win, but it's come down a little bit, down to 19 in Circus Sports, and I expect Notre Dame fans are going to push this line probably down. I don't think it quite gets to 17, but I think they would 17 and a half maybe 18. That's where I think this is going to go. Now, Alabama, 11-0 during the regular season. We know that. Tide have put up 50-plus points in three consecutive weeks. they averaging 550 yards per game. Okay? Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, all three of them should be going for the Heisman. I mean, that's how good their offense is. What a weird situation. Remember, for decades, we were talking about Alabama's defense. Now, all of a sudden, it's the offense for the last couple of years. Look, they look unbeatable at times. But, Kyle Trask was only one score away. Kyle Trask put up 46 on this defense. So there is an Achilles heel with the Alabama defense. Trask threw for 400 yards against Alabama. The secondary is a problem. Ole Miss put up 48 on Alabama earlier this year. The secondary is a problem. Now, can the Irish take advantage of this? That's kind of the, the the question here. The number's massive. It's a 20-point number, okay? But it's all on Ian Book. 
Ian Book's got 72 touchdowns for his career, 8,700 career passing yards. Ian Book's going to have to throw the ball. And he's going to have to throw the ball out because Alabama's averaging 53 points over the last three games. Alabama's offense is going to score. Mac Jones, the numbers speak for themselves. 37-39 passing yards, 32 touchdowns on the year. Najee Harris, 1,262 rushing yards, 24 touchdowns. Devontae Smith, 98 receptions, 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. The the three-headed attack, you can say what you want. Alabama's scoring at least 40 here. I don't know if they quite get to 50, but they're scoring 40 here. So what can Notre Dame do? I don't know if this is a product of Alabama's defense being bad. Does Notre Dame say, you know what, we're going to go shot for shot with them? If so, then you got to love the over of 64-and-a-half. If you go and Notre Dame's going to go shot for shot with them, but there is the idea that Notre Dame and Brian Kelly say, you know what, we're going to run the ball, we're going to drain the clock, And that's what you usually do with a high-octane offense. So I know the initial reaction is jump on the over here. I think this is a spot where if you like Alabama to cover the 20, you have to go over. And if you like Notre Dame, you almost might want to go under. Because I don't think you're outscoring. I don't think you're going to pull a Florida with this Notre Dame offense. It doesn't seem like you're going to score 40. So I got Alabama you know, scoring 40. The 20 number is massive. Massive. It all depends on the game plan. And listen over the course of the next couple of days to the talking points of Notre Dame. Listen to see if, if you know their talking points lead to anything. At 20 points, I want to jump on Notre Dame. I want to. But I know how Saban is. I know how good this offense is. I mean, this could be uh, you know a 50 to 20 game uh, with the blink of an eye which, you know, is a very likely scenario. This Alabama offense is just clicking on all cylinders. I tend to think that Notre Dame plays close for a half. I sort of think that they're going to, you know, get their momentum early. They'll feel them out early, and then Alabama will figure it out and kind of just go to the air. I just don't have any faith in Alabama's defense. How about Clemson, Ohio State? And yeah, my Clemson team that I took before the year, they are seven and a half point favorites in this game. This is a spot where, you know, I, I normally try to talk and give you both sides of things here. I don't think that Ohio State should be anywhere near this game. I think Clemson is is clearly better. I don't know why there's set only seven and a half is the number. I think Clemson is massively better. Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. He's the best player in the world. That's it. He's the best player, well, college player in the world. Okay? He just is. 322 yards, two touchdowns, 90 yards on the ground. That's what he did last time. Right? And now, when Clemson's healthy, you know how good they are. They have one of the best pass rushers in the nation. Okay? Ian Book was was going crazy. He didn't know what to do. Okay? Ian Book didn't know what to do. And now, you look at, uh, you know, what is going on with this Ohio State team. They don't play games. I mean, they just don't. And oh, by the way, forget about not playing games. Justin Field, he doesn't look too good right now. I got Zach Wilson as the second-best quarterback in the draft. I might take Trask over him. I might take Jones. I don't like what I've seen from Justin Fields recently. Against Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald, who I have the utmost respect for. But it's clearly, clearly a talent disparity, right? He was 12 of 27 for 114 yards and no touchdowns, two interceptions. That's awful. Now, as much as I like Pat Fitzgerald, I think Clemson's defense is better. I think Clemson's defense is is marketably better. So you have you have on one side 
Clemson's defense, they've outscored the last three opponents 131 to 37. Ohio State has no consistency. They, they, they barely play games. Their quarterback is struggling. And oh, here comes Trevor Lawrence, a healthy Trevor Lawrence. Last year, Clemson won this game by six different teams. Trevor Lawrence, though, was still good. 259, two touchdowns, ran for 107. Justin Fields picked off twice last year. And now you look at that game, and you look at the game uh, against Pat Fitzgerald's defense, and what happened, right? Now, on the plus side, Ohio State fans are going to go, well, listen, ranked sixth in the nation in average uh, yards per game, right, at 529. That's really nice. First in conference with 42.5 points scored per game, 275 rushing yards per game. It's not all just about Justin Fields. He completed 73% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Yeah, but he didn't look good last time I saw him. And you have to use that when you're only playing a handful of games. Well, they play like two games this year. You know, you have to use that when you're doing that. Ohio State's defense allowed 21 points, 358 total yards per game. But they gave up a conference worth 261 yards per game against the pass. So here it is. Trevor Lawrence is coming in. Trevor Lawrence is coming in when his only loss of the season, Clemson's only loss is when he didn't play. In nine games this year, Trevor Lawrence... 69% of his passes, 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, only four picks. He also, by the way, runs a lot. Seven touchdowns on the ground, right? He also, by the way, is the best player in the country. Don't let that even get there. But so we know Trevor Lawrence is going to have some success. He's going to have success against Ohio State. I think Justin Fields is going to struggle. Well, let's talk about defense. Okay, because you can talk about 45 points on average for Clemson. Their offense, their offense, their offense. And Travis Entienne, who I didn't even mention, which is just a crime by me. Travis Entienne, 882 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's fantastic. 5.6 yards per carry. Travis Entienne's fantastic. Defensively is where the difference is here. Okay, defensively, the Tigers allow just 17 points. They're 11th in the country. And they're going up against good offenses. Let's not throw ourselves under the bus here because ACC has good offenses. They also are 6th in the country at less than 300 yards per game, allowing 298.5. Second in the ACC at less than 100 rushing yards per game. Second in the ACC at less than 200 passing yards per game. Now, Ohio State does well in the underdog role. They're 20-8 against the spread as an underdog. Ohio State's 5-2 and two against the spread in the last seven bowl games. The reality is this, and here's where it boils down to. Do you believe in Justin Fields? I didn't believe him coming into the year, and I certainly don't believe him after what I just witnessed. I don't think that Ohio State belonged in this playoff conversation. You can't change rules and move things so they get in. Justin Fields looked bad, flat-out bad against Northwestern. No, 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 don't tell me, oh, well, no, no, no. He looked bad against Northwestern. So you have Justin Fields, who I'm down on, against this defense. Oh, by the way, on the other side, you have Trevor Lawrence, Travis Entienne, and all that that brings. You know, to me... Trevor Lawrence should win the Heisman strictly because he's Trevor Lawrence. Now, he won't, but he should. So, I'm giving you the lean, man. Clemson's going to win the game. Seven and a half gets a little tricky, but Clemson's winning this game. We have a Clemson-Alabama title. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to the future. 
Bet to the future. Well, we're talking about Heisman. I said I like Trevor Lawrence, but he is not the betting favorite. Devontae Smith is the betting favorite for Alabama. Minus 170 right now. Mac Jones plus 170. Kyle Trask at 19 to 1. My boy, Trevor Lawrence, 19 to 1. And Najee Harris is 24 to 1. Could you imagine if all three Alabama guys go to New York for the Heisman Trophy? That is bet to the future. Well, I should break some stuff down because Devontae Smith is uh, the leader here. I, I mentioned it. 98 receptions, 1,511 yards, 19 touchdowns. He has leapfrogged. Nobody was even talking about him about three weeks ago, right? I mean, he looks like he, after the Florida game, he's going to win it, okay? Um, he, he set Alabama single season record in that big game. 15 receptions, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's the guy. I get it, Okay. You push him up against some of the greats and, and, you know, a guy like Howard and whatnot, he's favorable. I'm just shocked that he would leapfrog in a year where two of his teammates, including his quarterback, are, are there. Mac Jones is number two. Now, I thought coming in, I thought Mac Jones, who was leading before that game, I thought Mac Jones, if he wins the head-to-head battle with Kyle Trask and he wins that game and he looks good in that game, I thought he would lock it up. Never did I imagine that one of his teammates would leapfrog him. No, 77% completion percentage, 3,739 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions. Look, he has the Heisman stat line, right? Against Florida, he broke the SEC championship game record for passing yards through five touchdowns, okay? We, we understand that. I don't know why he's kind of getting pushed back on his accomplishments because I don't think he did anything wrong. You know, this is a a Mac Jones player that for most of the year had been either in the conversation or, you know, one or two generally. First it was him and Lawrence, then it was him and Trask, um, and then it was him and Najee Harris, and, and then his own teammate kind of passed him by on the betting line. Nothing against wide receivers here, guys, okay? Because uh, I, I get it. Right, I, I get how good Smith has looked, especially in that Georgia, I'm sorry, that Florida game. I'm sorry, he's looked phenomenal. But I'm giving it to the quarterback here. Mac Jones, to me, has put together a better season and a better resume. When all is said and done, Mac Jones is is the guy here. Now, Kyle Trask, if he would have won that game, would he have gotten it? About seventy percent completion percentage, forty-one twenty-five yards, forty-three touchdowns, five interceptions. I think he lost when he lost the game. Now he played really well. Put up 46 points, okay? He looked really good, but he lost when he lost the game. I think you got to win that game. I think you have to win that game. And he, he didn't look good against LSU either, by the way. Najee Harris, look, Harris was was there, okay? He was there, and then he went crazy against Florida. I mean, he went absolutely crazy. He had five touchdown performance, and nobody's really talking about this guy. Um, on the year, 5.9 yards per carry. 1,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, and then he catches the ball out of the backfield as well. My guy's still Trevor Lawrence. Now, he's not going to win it, and I'm not even putting money on the 19-1 to 1 odds that he does win it right now. But he absolutely showed what he does for this team. Trevor Lawrence's team, without him, lost to Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence's team, with him, destroyed and almost humiliated Notre Dame. It wasn't even close. Right, Most of his season, Trevor Lawrence is getting benched in the fourth quarter. A lot of the season, he's handing it off to Travis Entienne. Now, 
Don't feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. He's still going number one in the NFL draft. But he really should have been the Heisman here. You know, I, I think he's I think he's the guy. Look, if you have three players from Alabama that are in the top five in the Heisman Trophy race, and three players that may all three of them go to New York, doesn't that just mean you had a really good offense? Right? Doesn't one take away from the other? Don't we do that in like MVP voting? Well, if there's two MVPs on a team, there's not really one. There's nobody. I like Travis Etienne, and I like Clemson's defense. There's nobody out there that's going to convince me that Trevor Lawrence is not the best player in the in the country. Sixty-nine percent completion percentage, twenty-seven fifty-three yards, twenty-two touchdowns, four interceptions, seven rushing touchdowns. The guy is the the most valuable player to his team. Now, I know it's not an MVP award; it's a Heisman. I get it, but he's the most valuable player to his team. Take Mac Jones away, you still have. A tremendous, uh, probably Heisman-winning wide receiver, and you have a dynamic running back. Take the running back away. Take Najee Harris away. You still have Jones and Smith. Take Smith away. You still have Jones and Harris. Take Trevor Lawrence away. Clemson loses to Notre Dame again. And that's the reality. So I'm here to make the argument for Trevor Lawrence, even though I know it's not going to happen. Okay? I know he's not going to win, but I'm here to make the argument for him. I think he should win the Heisman Trophy. I don't think he will. He'll be invited because he's Trevor Lawrence, but but I don't think he will. All right, so let's go quick review. I told you guys I'm going to give you my leans. I'm going to give my my bowl game picks. I'm going to give you everything. So let's do a quick review, basically, on what I'm circling. Oklahoma State, Miami, it, it might be a play for me. Okay, I like Okie State. I think they're the better team. I really worry about this Miami team playing in bowl games. I think Manny Diaz is a is a, flat out a bad coach. So I think Oklahoma has the coaching advantage. Their offense, Miami's defense is non-existent. Uh, this open line open at fifty eight and a half. I think there's going to be some points scored. I just don't love the fifty eight and a half. It was more. It was like fifty five. I might take a stab at the over, but I'm leaning to Okie State. Uh, it's not a definite play. I'm going to be leaning there. Texas is a play for me. I know the number has gone from 11. You can even get it at 9 in some spots. Look, the more it falls, the more more I like it. Sam Ellinger coming back for next year I think only helps, okay? And you got to pay attention to to some opt-outs in the next 24 hours or whatnot. But Texas is going to be a play for me. I don't think Colorado has the resume. I don't think Colorado has the experience this year. That's going to be a play. Um, Hook them horns for me in that game. Wisconsin-Wake Forest, uh, you know, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to stay away because I think Wisconsin wins the game. They're going to win the game on the back of defense. I kind of looked at this under, but I'm just not sure what kind of Wake Forest team uh, we have here and what kind of defense they're going to be playing. Wisconsin doesn't score often, but you got to remember this year they had a lot of COVID issues. So their team has not been completely uh, out there and in a complete spot. So I'm probably going to pass them. Missouri, Iowa, most likely I'll pass. Florida, Oklahoma, I already gave you my worries there. I, I think... You know, I think the over's worth a shot, but I, I don't love giving overs into the 70s, especially in bowl games. So I'll pass there. West Virginia Army, the lean is to the under, but Army plays the unders all the time when you're talking about playing, uh, you know, the other, you know, the other cadet schools. I mean, they run and the other team run. This is West Virginia. I lean the under, but they said it at a good number. 42 is a good number, so probably a pass there. Mississippi State, Tulsa. You know, my initial reaction was I'm all over Tulsa here. Mississippi State's missing some key players. Tulsa's got the better defense. I'm all over Tulsa was my initial reaction. 
And I've pulled off of that a little bit. So where I stand, that still might be a play for me. You know, it's kind of the same thing with the Oki Oki State play. It might be a play. If it is, it's going to be a smaller play. Right now, really, Texas is the only play that, that I'm going to be on until we get to New Year's Eve. Because San Jose State minus the 7.5 and, and San Jose State under the 63 are both plays for me. I love the under in this game. Love it, okay? San Jose State is just a team that you're going to overlook. People are not going to really pay attention to. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to tell you, you know what? San Jose State is for real. They are absolutely for real. I'm buying in completely on San Jose State. And you can tell me, you know, I'm crazy and you don't understand. Look, San Jose State, look, they haven't lost a game this season. We, We get that, right? The Spartans' defense, though, they held every single team that they played this year to 24 or less points. Only two teams all season long put up more than 20. That's a real defense. I, I don't want to hear this Mountain West. That's a real defense. Now, Ball State, I know they could put up some points, okay? But they also have a good defense. They held each of the last five opponents to 28 or less. Uh, you know, this is a game where I like San Jose State. I think San Jose State wins the game. But the reality, when you want to really break this all down, guys— Reality is that this under might be the best play for me of the bowl season. So that's something to circle. We'll come back to that. Arkansas TCU, I'm not going to play that game. Cincinnati, Georgia. Look, I'll be rooting for Cincy. I think people are going to try to throw a little bit of coin on the money line on Cincy. The under has gone from 53.5 down to 50. I'll be rooting. I'll be cheering. I don't think I'm going to be going making a play on that. Northwestern minus the 3.5, I think I'm going to probably play. Okay? I think they're the better team. Definitely better coach and a better defense. I wish I didn't have the hook. I'm hoping that some late Auburn money comes in here. And and maybe this is a spot where I have to buy the half. I don't love buying the half, especially during bowl season. It's usually not worth it. But this might be a buy the half kind of game. Alabama-Notre Dame, talk to you about it already. right? Alabama-Notre Dame, I I think it's a little little too tough to take. Uh, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah, I'm on Clemson. I'll buy the half to be safe if I have to at seven and a half. But I'm on Clemson. I think they they not only win. I think they win pretty impressively. Actually, uh, the total I'm not going to touch. If anything, I lean the under because I just don't think that Ohio State and Justin Fields is very good. I mean, that's just, that, there's no way around it. And listen, you guys want to send your your hate mail, OSU fans, Buckeye guys. Right, listen, I know. Go go ahead. Hashtag SGN on Twitter all day long. Hashtag SGN on Twitter all day long. On Facebook, hashtag SGN. Go ahead, do it. I, I, I'll i take the heat if they lose. I just think it's a, this is a massive disparity between quarterbacks. Justin Field looked terrible against Northwestern. I'll take Clemson all day. Kentucky, NC State, I lean the under there. All right, that's probably going to be an underplay for me. Mississippi, Indiana, no, I'm not going to touch it. Oregon, Iowa State. I like Iowa State. Hoping I get that number. And then North Carolina, A&M, probably a stay away, if anything, the over. So, Iowa State, I'm waiting for it to come back to three. It won't be a big play for me, but it will most likely be a, a play for me. Kentucky, NC State is a play. That under is a play. Texas is a play for me. Clemson is a play. San Jose State is a play. My biggest play this bowl season is going to be that San Jose State Ball State under. So I got five games that I'm definitely going to throw money on. Depending on on what kind of money, you know, you want to have a little fun with it. Uh, sure. There's five games out of this entire schedule 
that I'm going to throw money on for sure. Now, can I add a 6-7? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. But where it stands now, there's five games that I'm going to throw money on. Texas is one of the smaller games. Okay? Iowa State is one of the smaller games. So I'm looking at, well, six games. I'm sorry, six. Uh, So I'm looking at Kentucky, NC State, under is going to be a a medium-sized play. San Jose State, medium-sized play. Clemson, a big play. And the San Jose State, Ball State game, a massive play for me. The under in that game. I don't know how it gets to 50, man. And we got 63 and a half. I don't know how it gets to 50. So it just goes to show you, look, we've we've spent an entire show giving you stats, trends, numbers that I've given it to you all. And after all is said and done and the dust settles out, basically I might play about six games. And the reality is out of those six games, only three of them I'm going to actually put some real coin on. And that's what you guys should make sure that you do this year, right? If there's anything I want to leave you with, uh, for the new year, and we are going into the brand new year. Look, during this bowl season, I want you to be very careful with your bankroll. I want you to be very, very careful and very conscious of your bankroll. It gets tempting. You're sitting on the couch. It's snowing outside. It's gross. You're not going to go out. And you're going to go, you know what? I'm going to watch some football today. Oh, there's a game at 12. There's a game at 3. There's a game at 530. There's a game at night. Oh, I can sit around and watch football all day long. I want to have some action on the game. And this is what a lot of people do. I want to have that action on the game, man. And then you get into a spot where you're going out there and you're betting on teams and you're betting on games that just flat out shouldn't be bet on. I mean, there's just no, there's no nice way to put it. They shouldn't be bet on. You're betting on it just to have action. And when you start betting just to have action, you get yourself in a bad spot. So I'm here to, to kind of warn you away from that. Pick your few spots. Pick your spots like I just did, right? Pick your spots and say, okay, these are the games, these are the teams, these are the bowl games that I'm really going to concentrate on. And keep it within that. Look, if you miss a winner, ah, man, I should have won that. Well, at least you didn't lose, right? It's always better (laughs) to say, I wish I should have. Wish wish I could have, should have, would have, but I didn't, as opposed to going out there and saying, you know what, I should have lost, and now I just lost. So you don't want to do that. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at. I'm down to my big three. I got about six games I'm going to bet. You guys should be in the right area. I hope everybody out there be very safe. I know you probably can't go out too late on on New Year's. But enjoy the happy New Year. Enjoy the bowl season. We'll be back for the NFL playoffs and the NFL playoff season the next time I talk to you guys. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.